you could have negative thoughts creep in like, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is not going to work. But that doesn't mean you have to believe them. Welcome to Depth and Candor, the podcast that explores how changemakers of color define and live out their purpose through their careers, side hustles, and entrepreneurial contributions. I'm your host, Hiwate Gitana, and I'm so thrilled to take you with me as I talk to incredible innovators about what it really takes to do impactful work and live a life you love, which is what we all want, right? We are back with a new episode, and it's all about the entrepreneurial journey. So speaking of entrepreneurial, I have some really, really exciting updates of my own. Um, One of the biggest things you've heard me talk about on this podcast is my own desire to run my own business because I want the freedom of time, the freedom to choose how I earn money, the freedom to travel and work from wherever. And over the past year, I've made some really huge leaps in that direction. For those of you that are new uh, to this podcast, I quit my job in research right around this time last year, and I started working in media. And the media company I started working for got acquired like six months after I started there. So then I left and I started working at another media company. And now I have the opportunity to work as, this is a super new opportunity, um, to work as an independent contractor producing a podcast for a new show. Um, And I'll talk more about the show once it goes live and once I actually start working on it. But it's much bigger than me or my little podcast that I record in my apartment. So I cannot explain to you how excited and how thrilled and nervous um, I am about all of this because it feels like everything that I've been saying I want has slowly been unfolding and it's magical, magical, magical to see. Um, And what's really exciting about working as an independent contractor and working on another podcast is that it will give me time to work on my own business starting in October. I'm saying all of this because I'm amazed at how beautifully things are unfolding as I take a scary step in the direction of the vision that I have for my career and for my life. So don't get me wrong, um, I have had many, many an emotional breakdown (laughs) As I think about what kind of business I'm going to build, how I'm going to earn money, what it really means to quit stability and to go and try and create something of your own. It is definitely scary, but I think that's a good thing and I'm embracing it Um, and I'm embracing all of the emotions. I'm a cancer, (laughs) y'all. There are lots of emotions that come with this big of a life transition. So I'll talk more about that in another podcast. But someone I've really admired for a really long time in this area of taking your side hustle and going pro with it is Nikayla Matthews Okome. Nikayla is the creator and host of Side Hustle Pro Podcast, the first and only podcast to spotlight bold black women entrepreneurs who have scaled from a side hustle to a profitable business. She launched the podcast in 2016 and it has been named the perfect entrepreneurship podcast by Mashable and amassed over 2 million downloads and a loyal social media following of aspiring entrepreneurs. 
Michaela is also the founder of Podcast Moguls, a podcasting accelerator program that shines a light on untold narratives. Michaela works intensively with emerging podcasters to create and launch their hit podcasts, to grow their influence through targeted social media marketing, and to build a profitable business from podcasting. I'm actually one of her students and I've learned so, so much from podcast moguls. Michaela was born in Jamaica and raised in the Bronx. She went to the University of Pennsylvania for undergrad and the University of Michigan, not Michigan, Michigan for her MBA. Um, Her professional experience spans digital marketing, ad sales, and social media strategy for NPR, Google, MTV Networks, and so much more. Without further ado, here is Nikayla. So um, I'm Nikayla. As you said, most people know me as the creator and host of the Side Hustle Pro podcast because that is my main gig now. Um, I have been a side hustler all my life, most recently working in marketing at NPR, and then the podcast was my side hustle. And after side hustling for over a year, I was able to leave and become a full-time entrepreneur to focus solely on podcasting and also my marketing services. So that's what I do now. I still do the podcast full time. And then I also have a podcast accelerator where I help other emerging podcasters to launch, market, and scale their own podcast. And that's called Podcast Moguls. Yay, Podcast Moguls. Yes, which you are a part of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So tell us, how do you define a vibrant life and how are you pursuing that definition? To me, a vibrant life, and I love this question. I've never been asked this. So to me, a vibrant life is just one where you are able to make decisions and do things in the way you want to do them without having to ask permission. So for me, that manifested itself as being my own boss. For other people, that will be other things. But for me, it's being able to plan out my day and say, hey, I want to work from a coffee shop today and I might want to work by the pool later. It also means doing something where I feel and I can really see the impact that I'm having by just sharing the knowledge that I have in my head and feeling that real tangible value that I'm giving to somebody else. And that to me is a vibrant life. And it would not be a vibrant life without my family, my husband, my friends. Like I need to have that like when I'm around my family is when I'm happiest and mm-hmm. when we're just just chilling, you know, holidays, vacations. I'm from Jamaica, so my happy place is being on the beach in the sun, eating some good fried fish and bammy with my family. <laughs> I love that. I love that definition. Um, do you feel like you have that now or that you are having you're getting more and more of that now as an entrepreneur? I do feel like I'm getting more and more of that. And I think one thing I have to manage is the the ambitious nature that we all have so can sometimes make it really hard to feel satisfied. And mm-hmm. so you can have everything that you once dreamed of and still find yourself wanting more or just having a bad day. And it's like, what's going on? I have everything that I want, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel that I have a lot of it. And I think what I'm managing now is getting to a place where I can 
have more of that and be able to step away from the work a little bit more and where it doesn't necessarily revolve around me as much. So that's a future goal. It doesn't mean my life isn't vibrant now, but I definitely see how it could be improved. Okay. So when I think of the word side hustle, I think of you just because, you know, your your podcast name is Side Hustle Pro. Every time I go on Instagram, I see you pop up on my feed. Talk. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your very first side hustle? Like where where did this drive for entrepreneurship begin? Yes. So, you know, I did mention that I have always been a side hustler. And I can remember the one that sticks out to me is when I graduated from college and I was working in public relations, I also wanted to try my hand at what it would be like to be a publicist on my own and have kind of my own boutique PR firm. So I called myself making up some cards, Nikayla KPR, and I was reaching out to classmates who, you know, there was one guy who was trying to be a singer and I was, you know, actually taking meetings and, and, you know, getting ready to start working on being his publicist. And I had to take a step back and realize that, wait a minute, wait a minute, I actually don't want to do this. <laughs> but that's what I love about side hustling because side hustling really does help you to clarify what you want to be doing. And so that's why I recommend it to people, especially when you don't know what your next step is, when you're unsatisfied with your job, start testing out the waters of some other interests that you have, some other careers that you're thinking of exploring with a side hustle. And that will help you to realize, okay, is this is not really the lane for me. And it, it just speeds up the process. So what was it about running your own mini PR firm that you didn't like, because that story really, really resonates with me. I started with a blog and I remember thinking, I really feel exhausted every time I think about sitting down to write a long blog post, which is what I thought I had to write, you know? Yes. So that was the big indicator for me. That was how I knew like blogging is not my mission. It is not my calling. Right. You know what it was? And looking back, I can analyze it even a little bit more because at the time it was more of a gut feeling and I'm big on listening to my gut eventually might not happen right away, but eventually something just always tells me this is not right. And I think what it was about PR, it was a mixture. I was drawn to PR because I love to write, but PR writing is a little bit stiff and formulaic. You know, you do press releases and they always have like this kind of intro and this kind of ending and this kind of middle. So that didn't really allow my creative juices to flow. Mm -hmm. In addition, it was, I'm an introvert and it really, for the type of PR I wanted to do, like it really requires you to be a people person, go out there and network so that you can get your client in these doors. And it's not just um, something like, what I enjoy doing is being behind my computer. And it sounds bad, but, you know, it's good to know yourself, know where you flourish and then come out and push yourself out of your comfort zone in select moments when you need to. I think that's so interesting because you are active on social, you are, um, you teach classes and you're very present and you have a really powerful presence. So are you exhausted by the time you're done doing these things or how do you manage your energy? So I manage my energy because all of this is done according to my schedule and 
I've chosen when I want to do all of these things. Mm. (laughs) So I'm not being forced by anyone else to do that. And so that's helpful. In addition, I'm doing something that I enjoy. So it's, that's a little bit different. In addition, social media to me is way, it's a way more manageable um, form of networking, which is why I love it so much. I am, you are behind a phone, you are behind a computer. And that doesn't mean I'm saying be a weirdo who doesn't interact with people in real life. It just, it allows you to open up the conversation without having to walk into a room and like walk, have to walk up to strangers, for example. You can begin that conversation in advance. So when you see each other, it's literally like, oh my God, good to see you in person. And this happens to me all the time because I I genuinely leave comments and, and interact with people that way and, and just try to be as supportive as possible. And then as far as what, when I teach and my classes, again, I just feel that I enjoy seeing the the learning process. I enjoy feeling like I'm helping people and and that's a relationship that we're building. So it's a lot easier cuz to me it's more it's more it's more one-on-one it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, in our in the Wednesday uh podcast moguls classes when I attend, it's usually between like 10 and 20 people and that feels right. like a crew of people that I know even if I'm not there every week, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so how did we go from PR to or a mini PR boutique to Side Hustle Pro as it exists right now? Well, that was a very long, windy journey because I went through what I like to jokingly call my mid my quarter life crisis or whatever, my <laughs> mid twenties crisis, where I realized I didn't enjoy PR and I didn't enjoy what I was doing. But I didn't know what to do next. So I ended up quitting my job um, and moving back home with my parents. A little backstory there, by the way. So I was working for the boss from hell. So I like to say the Devil Wears Prada movie. That was my real life. I wasn't working in fashion, but I was working in television PR. And I was going home every night just feeling depressed, just feeling so low about myself and also not making a lot of money. (laughs) And so I would have these conversations with my mom and she was just like, you know what? I didn't send you to college to, first of all, pay more tuition than what you're earning, pay more for for one year of tuition than what you're earning. And also, um, you know, just worried, worried for my mental sanity and, and my mental well-being. So that led to that decision. I decided, you know what, there's got to be more to life than this and I'm going to figure it out. So left that job, moved back home, wasn't employed for long, um, took up a just a desk job just to be able to figure things out. And that's when I first started blogging. That was more like a personal blog, but at least I got back into writing again. And mm-hmm. from there, I spent some more years exploring what I wanted to do. So that looked like I ended up um, after two years just having a job that I was kind of embarrassed about because all my friends seemed to be thriving, I finally saw a posting. Um, My sister actually shared a posting for a social media role at a startup. This was when social media was really starting to take off in like 2010, Mm -hmm. 2011, and landed the role by showing them like what I was doing on my blog. (laughs) So thankfully they were, you know, they they were impressed enough by that. And they just knew that I was going to be a quick learner. So I started that role and I was fortunate enough to be one of those first people to really start doing social media marketing and connecting brands with consumers in an organic way. From there, I went on to do the same thing at Georgetown in their executive education division. And by that time, I'd started to really recognize that 
you know what, um, this this field, this space right now is so new that we're all making this up. I have no one to turn to. I have no textbook to tell me frameworks or best practices. Yeah. All, what I do know, though, is that marketing has existed for decades, for forever. And I could at least go back and like get some education about this. So that led me to pursue my MBA at the University of Michigan. And then while I was pursuing my MBA, did an internship. Um, Everyone has an internship. For me, mine didn't work out. So I ended up back in that position after graduation of being a little bit lost, not a little bit, a lot of it lost, <laughs> which led me to my go-to of side hustling. So I started blogging again. At first it was to impress employers, just like blogging about marketing trends because I was looking for a role specifically mm-hmm. in marketing, but in DC, which is like the most political public policy city ever. So yeah. I was really just trying to impress employers and show them my analytical skills to and my marketing skills. And after a while I got bored with that and I started interviewing black women entrepreneurs because I was gravitating to them. And that is how the whole side hustle pro thing started because after blogging for a while, I decided to transition it into a podcast. So you were interviewing black women entrepreneurs in written form. Yes. Wow. Okay. So at this point, did you, had you found a job? Were you at NPR yet? I started when I didn't have a job. I graduated in May of 2015 from my MBA program mm-hmm. and started to started blogging again by June, had picked up some freelance work. So I was doing that and going on interviews. And my blog kept me sane while I was getting rejection after rejection until finally I landed my role at NPR in December of 2015. Mm, okay. So then you start recording podcast episodes with these women entrepreneurs. What were some of the highlights and some of the toughest moments of trying to run this podcast while working at the world's most renowned podcast, you know, creator? Yes. NPR, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely the, the work-life balance was not always easy. Um, you know, I would record like we're doing now after work. And that meant having to be really, really focused at work and also kind of keep my colleagues on point and also dance around any kind of late night. Like if people, if things were running over, oh, we can just, you know, this meeting's running over. Like, no, I have to, I have to leave without saying I have to leave, you know, just making sure that we were all on point with our activities. And if I can move something along that I would help it to move along or convince us to meet or do things the next day. That was one of the, the toughest parts to balance. Especially, so I started the podcast in June of 2016, and um, shortly after I got engaged, then I was also in the wedding planning process. So I was like, I had three jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So what about the highlights? What was amazing about it. Oh, yes. Yes. So there there are clearly more pros than cons, which is why I kept doing it. So some of the highlights include um, one, just how I would, how exhilarating it felt when you put together an episode and release it into the world. Just that pride you feel in yourself. Like, I'm really doing this. I am, it used to take me, I would be 
I would call them Super Tuesdays because I would be editing till wee hours of the night before my episodes would go live on Wednesday. And so every single Wednesday, it was this high, this feeling of accomplishment. On Wednesdays, I would just float into work because it just it just felt so good. And then to start seeing, hearing the feedback of people who felt inspired, who were motivated, who needed that word that that particular guest had to share, or even when I would share my own journey, that was just amazing and unexpected as well. It was just overwhelming because you know you want to hear something, but you don't always know if other people will receive it well. So when they yeah. did, that was just um, a really awesome moment. So did you start marketing your podcast as soon as you created it, or were you kind of just creating it for yourself at first? I was marketing it before I, before mm. it released. So I knew I selected a launch date. I did push it back <laughs> a couple of times. But once I, I had a firm launch date, I just went all in. So I started um, like a five-day countdown. And then as soon as it launched, I went ham promoting it to all of my networks, letting them know about it. Uh, I shared across all of my social media channels and started to build up my email list. So I was always marketing it from day one. The reason I asked you that is because when you described, you know, floating into work on a Wednesday, I had the total opposite experience when I first started my podcast. Ah, and why is that? <laughs> because I would, you know, edit into the wee hours of the night, but I had no idea how to market it. Mm. So I would do all of this work and then it would be like a hundred downloads. And it would be so disappointing because I felt like I've done so much work, which is how I ended up enrolling in your course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a totally different experience. And I really loved that you said how beautiful of an experience to create something and put it out into the world. Because I think there's a different kind of beauty and a different kind of appreciation when you know the right people are getting what you are putting out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. When you know that the people who need it the most are getting it. Yeah. I And one of my favorite, favorite episodes from you was an episode where you talked about how to side hustle like a pro. And you talked about what to do at work and what to do, you know, for your side hustle to be really efficient and effective. Can you share some of those tips here? Sure. Well, I believe you're talking about maybe it's the, you know, how to side hustle and not get fired. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm actually getting ready to do a side hustle series too, you guys. So there I will soon that. be a whole getting started series so that you can just know everything from how to get out of your own head to how to side hustle and not get fired. So for me, well, what really helped me, like my top three tips were number one, um, being consistent and sitting down and really committing to doing the podcast for a year. So that, you know, I told myself no matter how many downloads I got or how wonky the sound was that week, I was going to keep going. And that really, it was after that, it was like, oh, it's done. Like this, I'm doing this for a year. It doesn't matter what. So that kept me going, even when times when I was frustrated. And then, of course, I also... It wasn't perfect at first, but after I discovered the concept of doing 12-week sprints, that really changed my life. So what I do is 
I focus on my top three goals for a 12-week period. So that's one goal a month. And then under that, I break that down into smaller action items to accomplish weekly and then from there daily. And so what it looks like is you're just doing really, really tiny things that don't seem overwhelming at all. So that's so easy to weave into your work life. However, when it accumulates, you are pushing the needle and you are really accomplishing a lot, feeling proud of yourself, building up momentum. So it's really powerful. And I teach that in my goal getter action plan if anybody wants to learn more about it. And then I'll link it, I'll link it below yes. in the show notes. And then the third thing that was really helpful for me is practicing making money. I don't know if I talked about it enough in that episode, but I certainly will in the side hustle series. Um, but what, when I look back and, and think about what really contributed to my ability to leave my job and, and have enough money to leave and, and to continue supporting myself was that I practiced making money. I got out there and I said, you know what? This is not going to be perfect, but I'm going to test out some revenue streams. So the first one was e-commerce. I tried out selling T-shirts with different slogans and sayings on them. I realized that wasn't my ministry. So (laughs) then I tested out, okay, let me find out as much as possible about podcast advertising and how to get sponsorships. Then I tested out, I, I think I know a lot about marketing and specifically social media marketing. So what if I actually packaged that into a course. So slowly over time, because I was practicing making money, I started actually making money and making repeatable income. That resonates with me because in our class, I've asked you before, I've been like, Nikila, should I, you know, reach out to sponsors? Do you think, do I have enough downloads? And you've said something along those lines of like, yeah, you have to keep testing and you have to try what it feels like to pitch and get rejected, et cetera, et cetera, which is a version of what you're talking about. I really, really like that. I think we all need to practice making money. Absolutely. And, you know, with sponsorships, it's still tough because um, whenever you're a niche podcaster, no matter how many downloads you have, at the end of the day, you are not um, you're not the shows that they're probably most familiar with. So you're consistently having to pitch and prove yourself to people who have never heard of you. So for anyone who thinks, oh, it's easier for me now, it isn't. Um, just this month, I made a list of 100 sponsors to reach out to because my goal is if I can convert 5% of that, like, that that's what that's what I want. So I'm not even trying to convert a hundred, you know. But yeah. I know that I the more I reach out to, the more likely that I'll get that five percent goal. So 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 true. I love this so much. Okay, so many podcast list, many depth and candor listeners will often email me asking about how to find your purpose and how to find your passion. Would you call podcasting your passion? Hmm. The word passion is, it's a tricky word because it's so nuanced. And I think that when people say passion, sometimes it's too, there's it's such a loaded word and it, it puts too much weight on the word because then you find yourself stuck because you're thinking you need to do something that just sets you alive, that you jump out of bed every day and you feel every day like this is the greatest thing ever. I don't think they're, 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 very few things that are going to make you feel like that. Yeah. So I I try not to use the word passion. Sometimes I do because some people genuinely have passions, but I try not to use that word just because the, 
that's the feeling that I, I assume people are looking for when I hear something like passion. But for me, the only thing that would make me truly just jump out of bed and be exciting every day is if you told me that I get to just lay on the beach and eat all day. <laughs> Does that sound bad? No, but, I love that. I love but what that I beach. will tell you, <laughs> what I what I what I feel now that's stronger than passion to me is calling. So I would say I will say podcasting is my calling and it's not the podcasting itself even it's just my calling is to tell my story. I was put on this earth to share whatever experiences that I've been through. I feel like we all have a voice and we all have something to share that's going to help someone else. So mm-hmm. podcasting has been a vehicle, a medium for me to do that and that's why I'm so grateful and enjoy doing it so much. Hmm. Did you feel that way when you were side hustling? Like, this is this is my ministry. This is my calling. Yes. I felt that way once people started telling me how they felt about it. And I realized, whoa, this is this is not just something I'm just doing in my little bedroom. Like this is actually changing people's lives. And I was talking to my husband, Moyo, the other day, even about the fact that for a long time, like a long time in my life. I've always felt just out of place going. I've, I've always been creative and I've been in these academic places trying to fit into boxes. And that caused me to feel really sad and sometimes depressed about that. I never felt, I've often felt lonely and like I don't fit in with whether that was in college or whether that was in business school at certain points. And now I realize it's because I just never tapped into the things that were pulling at my heart. And so I feel now that if I can help one person to not feel like that for one person who's creative and who has thoughts and ideas to put a podcast into the world, to to feel comfortable in doing that and be okay in coloring outside the lines and be okay in not having a neat little elevator pitch to tell their friends, then my mission here is accomplished. So you discover your calling or you uncover it because you're working through it. And yes. And you decide, okay, I'm going to stick with podcasting. How do you go from that while you're working at NPR to becoming a full-time entrepreneur? So how I go from that is figuring out how will I sustain myself? How, what will this look like? for me to do this full time. And for me, that was looking, taking a look at my revenue streams and what would replace my salary. And it, if it wasn't quite there yet, I had to sit back and think, okay, how can we get it there? What would make sense for me to do? And a part of this process is also recognizing that there is no hard right answer here. There is no like, if you do this, you will definitely be set for life when it comes to entrepreneurship. All you can do is know your next step and save, save just in case there are low moments, save just in case, you know, things take a turn that you weren't expecting because of the industry or the landscape or, you know, um, things just shift. What has it been like being a full-time entrepreneur? 
Being a full-time entrepreneur, so um, I quit my job in December 2017, so we're almost going on two years. And the first year was the most rocky because it was it was just feeling out of sorts. It was unlike anything. I've never not had a boss. I've been working since I was 16 years old, and I've never not had a paycheck, you know, other than being in college. But even then, like, I, I had work-study jobs. So there was that feeling lack of security that just um, caused me, there were nights, days when I would just wake up um, or just have really poor sleep because I was just having my heart racing or anxiety because I just wasn't used to this feeling (laughs) of having to, what do they say? Um, You eat what you kill kind of a thing. And I also was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So Immediately after leaving, I actually started doing um, really well. You know, I was able to pull in uh, consistent income every month and, you know, I was hitting my targets. But there was this feeling like what, you know, something's about to go wrong or, you know, this this is this is not how entrepreneurship is supposed to be. So I was giving myself additional just anxiety by having this feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I had to, I think it was an episode of Oprah's Masterclass that I was listening to that finally got me out of that space where a guest, and I don't remember which episode it was, but a guest talked about how he was always kind of in this space of fearing the worst. And what he realized was that when the worst actually did happen, it didn't soften the blow. It didn't make him less sad. Mm. So he wished he had spent that time before it happened, just enjoying life because- So that's what I decided to do. You know what? Like things could go wrong, but I'm going to enjoy this moment right now. So it's been, it's been much yeah. better since then. <laughs> Yay! And and what have the highs been like? What is the most beautiful part of being working for yourself? Uh, the most beautiful part uh, by far is being able to, again, set my own schedule, give myself the the type of day that I would like. If there's a day where, uh, you know, I want to start my day at 11, I, I want to work out and get a nice breakfast and, um, you know, get into the day at the time that I want, I'm able to do that, which allows me to do my best work. I've also been able to, we finally took our honeymoon. So my husband and I got married in August, 2017. And because I worked um, at NPR, I didn't have enough vacation days. I couldn't take that, that honeymoon that we envisioned until July. So that was one of the highs where it was like, yes, we're able to take two weeks and have this awesome adventure in Tanzania and Zanzibar and not have to ask anyone for vacation days. I did the same thing. I was able to join my family, um, you know, at the last minute in Disney World because, again, I set my own schedule. So that by far has been um, some of the highlights and also meeting all of you guys in podcast moguls. I, it truly feels like we're friends. Um, 100%. so you got 100% <laughs> and you know, that's just been an um, unexpected treat from starting the podcast accelerator. And I really appreciate everyone's support. You know, you'll come out to events, you show up still, you know, even after the eight week cycle is done for you, like people are still showing up and enjoying and sharing their wins in our private group. And, and, I mean, 
no matter how what kind of day I'm having on Wednesday, when I get on that live coaching call, my day is completely turned around. So That's shout so out to you guys. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean because when I fell into a rut where I felt like work took over, I didn't know how to get my mindset back into a place where I could say, you know what, I'm going to focus on my side hustle because I truly care about this. I think this is valuable. I just had a disconnect there. And mm-hmm. My solve and the thing that really helped me get out of it was to come back to uh, podcast moguls on Wednesday nights and to just like be around people who were excited about this, to be around you and to hear one of the things you said most recently that was really profound to me um, was you mentioned something about how Moyo told you that if you wanted to quit, because you were having a hard time. I hope it's okay that I say this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you were having a hard time because your your boss was really tough and you just wanted to get out of there. And Moya was like, well, if you want to get out of there, you need to figure out how to make money in order to do that. Right. Right. He would always say, I would say, I just want to quit. And he would say, all right, well, how are you going to make money? (laughs) And and that was so impactful to me. Like, I don't live in y'all's household, but... Tell Moya Moya that he has reached me in a very profound way. Yeah, because it helped me realize that a big part of why I wasn't putting in the work was because I was really comfortable. I had great bosses. I had... I, I had it made, you know, and I didn't want it badly enough. And the more I'm put in a situation where I feel like, oh, you know what? Like I need to work for myself. It's a different kind of hustle. Yes. And you know what? You just made me have an, an, epiphany, have an epiphany. Like I just had the biggest aha moment when you said that about being comfortable. Maybe that's why God had me in those situations where I was having frustrating times at work. And I don't wow. talk about this enough. I might start to a little bit, but if I had been in comfortable situations, I probably would have just stayed. I probably would have slacked off on my show, but because I was determined to get out, I went even harder. Totally. The I'm working the hardest at my podcast right now, and it's because my job is really tough and has helped me and I, I'm really honest about this, even at work. Like I know that I'm not gonna be there for super long. So mm-hmm. it, you know, the question then becomes, so what are you going to do next? And are you going to put in the work to do your own thing next? Yes. Yeah. But you interview incredible women, Black women entrepreneurs. And I'm curious, what is the most profound thing that you have learned in your years of interviewing them? The most profound thing. Let me take a second for a second. I know you sent the questions, but it's just like, that that's so hard. You can give um, me more than one. Okay. So I'm going to give you more than one. So okay. some of the most profound things that really stick with me um, is number one. This was actually a post-interview conversation that I, I spoke to, and it was Jackie of Munaluchi. And we talked about the fact that I was having, I was starting to really feel that um, stress at work. And, you know, I was torn because I didn't feel ready to leave yet and and to do the podcast full time. And she talks about the fact that there will come a point where your side hustle is making money and it might not be making enough to replace 
your job. Mm -hmm. But there'll come a point where you'll have to ask yourself, could it be if I wasn't devoting these hours to the job? And you have to be honest with yourself about that. You you have to really be honest because some people want to just sleep and then, you know, they're stressed out and need to make money and that causes people to make poor decisions. However, there really does come a point where every side hustler, if you want to be an entrepreneur, where you are going to have to leap. And um, I think the next one is there's just an overall theme of mindset. And how important that is to anything. It's not any, anything anyone asks me about how how do I do this? How do I balance? How do I juggle? How do I stay committed and consistent? It all comes down to mindset. We can, we have to, as entrepreneurs, learn to manage our mind. And that means being able to shoot down negative thoughts when they're coming in your head. You do not have to believe what you think. That's one thing that uh, was drilled into my head this week, partially not by a guest, but partially by a, another podcast I was listening to, partially by just me and Moyo having conversations that you could have negative thoughts creep in like, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is not going to work. But that doesn't mean you have to believe them. Nikila, thank you so, so, so much for making time for this interview. You're so welcome. I'm going to put all of your social handles below. Is there any additional, anything additional that you want to tell the Depth and Candor audience? Well, I'd like to tell you guys, so I'm still a woman of many hustles. So number one, check out the Color Noir app, which my husband Moyo and I have launched. That's N-O-I-R. It's on iOS and the uh, and Android. And then, of course, you can find me at podcastmoguls.com if you're interested in starting your own podcast. And then at Side Hustle Pro all over, sidehustlepro.co for the website. And there it is. After this conversation, I was so compelled to do one really important thing, and I'm still doing it. It's practice making money through the podcast while I still have the security of a job. And I really want to know, what is one really important takeaway that you got from this podcast? Tell me on Instagram stories. Just take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and type your one takeaway and tag me at Depth and Candor. Um, You all have already been doing this and I love seeing the nuggets that you're getting from the podcast. It makes me so, so, so happy and I want to see more. And you'll also find links to everything we talked about, like the Goal Getter Action Plan and the Color Noir app in the show notes. You can find Nikayla on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Side Hustle Pro. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Depth and Candor. I'm really trying Twitter, y'all, but it's just not for me. It's not for me. If you want more from me, join the email list to get stories and lessons that I'm learning about becoming a happy, successful adult who has ambitions and lots and lots of unknowns. You can subscribe to the email list at depthandcandor.com backslash subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it on iTunes so more people can learn about the podcast and pursue a bomb life of their own. If you're listening to this on Spotify and Stitcher and loved the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Until next time, live vibrantly.